My name is Jeff Baker. I'm the lead pastor here. Glad you guys have come to join us. Really excited for those of you that are worshiping with us down in the venue located in our gym. Unfortunately, the rapture of the church, the followers of Christ being caught up to meet Jesus in the air, has become an elephant in Christianity. An elephant in the room, if you will. It's something that we we know is there, but we rarely talk about anymore. As I grew up as a kid uh, in church, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, it's like everybody was talking about the fact that Jesus is coming back. And there was this great anticipation of it. And we've kind of come to this point where there's been a lull, there's been a quietness on the issue, where we, we talk very rarely about it, we wonder about it a lot, we talk about it very little. So today we're going to expose the elephant in the room, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room, we're dealing with rapture and heaven, is heaven real? So today as we, uh, as we dive into this, one of the things you need to know throughout history is that the disciples of Jesus, those who followed Jesus, those guys actually thought that Jesus was coming back within their own lifetime. That they saw Jesus ascend into the heavens, but they also thought Jesus was coming back within their lifetime. That, that concept hasn't really ever stopped. There's been a lot of predictions of when is Jesus going to come. Some people say Jesus is coming back based on some planetary alignment. Or others will say Jesus is coming back because there is this great comet that's going to come, you know, coursing through uh, our atmosphere. Or coursing through, you know, between um, uh, closely to planet Earth. Or others will say that Jesus is coming back because some peace treaty is being signed, you know, with Israel. Or others have said that Jesus is coming back because of this war or because of the threat of this particular war. I've even read and heard people saying Jesus is coming back because a certain president has been elected or because of some numeric equation that equaled 1988 or it equaled 2012 or 2011 or the current right now, this whole four blood moon concept that Jesus will come back somewhere in 2014, 2015. Um, or you can look at other dates that talk about 2020 or 2021, or they go on and on and on. Just Google the return of Jesus and go to the Wikipedia page and you just see for yourself how many predictions are actually out there. They're all over the place and it doesn't seem like it's going to end. And our media has really kind of picked up on these things. I remember when I was a kid uh, in junior high school, I showed up to church one Sunday night, and to my surprise, the pastor was showing one of these two movies, Distant Thunder or Thief in the Night. Now, if you grew up in church like I did, you might remember these things. After watching these very, very now cheesy, cheesy movies that were communicating, you know, their interpretation of biblical truth, I would find myself knelt down at an altar just like this, wailing to God, going, I don't want to be left behind, Right? I don't want, I don't want it. And it would just like scare me, man. It just like, it just, woo, it did something inside of me. So much so that later on in life, when the Left Behind series came out, I couldn't even find it within myself to actually read the books. So I didn't read the books. I didn't go to the movie, but 65 million people have purchased those books. That means more than that have read those books. There is a big intrigue with what do the end of times actually look like and what are we dealing with? The problem for us today is this, though. We've heard Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. We've heard it so much, but we've seen maybe no result of it that we've lost sight of the real reality of it. And when we lose sight of it, we lose the urgency of why we're even here today. 
We lose the urgency of why we're even given the next breath to live with. We lose the urgency of the fact that, that without Jesus, people are literally going to be separated from God for an eternity. We lose the urgency of the fact that Jesus could be turned at any day and at any moment. And I'm speaking as a man that is uh, in his mid-40s. And I'm telling you, my generation and younger than me, we have lost the urgency of the fact that Jesus is returning. The problem is, is that we've grown more selfish. We've grown more self-centered. We, we've come to the understanding or the idea that somehow, some way, that there really is enough time, that I, I really do have enough time on this planet to do all the things I want to do. And I want to tell you today, we don't have all the time in the world. I know, even I say that statement. Oh, I've got time to deal with that. i got time to deal with this. No, you don't have time. You don't have all the time in the world. You're not the keeper of time, number one. And the Bible says that your life is but yet just a vapor in this world. It comes and then it's gone again. You need to know today, Jesus is coming back. And the rapture of the church is going to happen. That, my friends, is a fact. So today, we're going to be preaching out of 2 Peter chapter 3. If you have a Bible with you, I want you to follow along with me in 2 Peter chapter 3. If you have your smartphone device or a tablet and you're logged on to our free Wi-Fi here at New Life, then you can follow along with us as well um, on our Version app. You can do that, obviously, through 3G or 4G as well. But uh, on those things, all the scriptures are there. Today, today I'm just I'm choosing to go back to uh, analog, and I'm reading out of my analog Bible. If you if you uh, you know don't mind. Um, today in Second Peter chapter three is where we're going to land. We're going to go to some other places, but I want to talk to you today about this urgency, about this fact that Jesus is coming back, and what will the times look like when Jesus is coming back. Second Peter chapter three, verse three says this. First of all. Um, You must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming that He promised? Where is this coming of Jesus that He promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. The return of Jesus for those who call themselves Christ followers has been... It's a doctrine of our church. It's a doctrine of all evangelical Protestant churches. There are churches all around Kearney, Nebraska and around the world today that have this as one of their core doctrines. And this this doctrine is very much like uh, childbirth. You know, we talk about the fact that Jesus is coming back and we believe it because it's written in God's Word over and over again in multiple different places. But it's kind of like childbirth. I mean, childbirth takes nine months. Alright? And now, if there's any moms that are in here, all of you would wish that it would be much shorter than that, I guarantee you. Because all of us husbands have heard you say at that uh, eight-month moment when it's like you feel like you're going to pop, when is this baby going to be born? And we have great compassion for you. And by the way, moms, we thank you that you endured nine months so that we could be here. So thank you. Right? Right? That's good. That's not even Mother's Day, and I'm telling you, thank you. Right. But... When it comes to the rapture of the church, when it comes to the rapture of Christ followers, it's like childbirth, right? The baby is being born, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's growing, excuse me, the baby's growing, and then all of a sudden it starts to show, and then it starts to really show, and now it's like, when is it going to come? 
And then all of a sudden, this moment happens when, distra- when distractions, contractions start. They are very distracting, by the way. You know, when they first start, it's a little distracting, like, oh, what was that? Right? Or like, oh, and then you go like, what's up? We're just watching a movie. It's not that bad. So when contractions start, one of the amazing things about it is that it leads to an inevitable end. That means the baby's going to be born. And every contraction that goes by gets you closer and closer to the birth of that baby. One of the things you need to know about the return of Jesus is that, is that our earth and society and humanity is, con- is, is the contractions of Christ's return. That Jesus is saying to you and me today that look at the signs of the times. Look at the contractions that are happening. There is an inevitable that's coming. And the inevitable is the fact that Jesus is going to return. The contractions that you're sensing, the contractions that you're feeling, the things that are happening around you are pointing to the fact that Jesus is going to return. And Jesus wanted His followers to know what those signs of those times really looked like. So He spoke these words in Matthew chapter 24. So that Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in My name claiming that I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. I mean, I mean, how many of you guys have, you've heard of someone saying, hey, I'm Jesus. Or you've heard of someone saying, forget about worshiping that Jesus guy. Worship me or worship my ideas. Forget about this whole Jesus is God. There's a whole different God. You guys are missing the whole point. I'm telling you guys, our, our planet right now is inundated with people that are saying, you're worshiping the wrong God if you're a Christian. That there's a whole different way to worship, claiming to be the Messiah. I mean, how many of you guys have heard of wars and rumors of wars? They're constantly going on. It seems like we're in an ever-increasing atmosphere of, you know, warlike activity that's taking place between one sect and another sect, one nation and another nation, one kingdom and another kingdom. We're just, we're caught in this moment where there's more conflict going on on our planet than we've seen in a long period of time. Yes, Jesus says, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Right now, some scientists believe that we're facing a real epidemic on our planet right now with, uh, with some famine issues. With the way that weather has you know, treated certain crops, with the way that other countries haven't been able to produce you know, certain uh, elements to you know, continue to feed their, their people correctly. That we're on, a, we're on a tipping point, and the tipping point's coming quickly where great famine you know, could, could, you know, uh, could swipe across uh, our planet in some massive ways. Regardless of whether that ever happens or not, Jesus says, in those days, watch. Watch for the famines. You'll know that in those days, that's the day you want to be looking for. We've had famines in history, but right now we're facing possibly one of the most, one of the greatest epidemics of a famine that, that could ever come if scientists are right and things continue in the way that they're going. Not, not only, not only do you see things like the famines, but the earthquakes. Have you been reading about earthquakes and where earthquakes are happening? Earthquakes are happening in places where man really hasn't, you know, found earthquake activity happening at the intensity in which it is currently today. 
You need to be looking, watching. Jesus basically was saying, watch for the signs of the times because the signs of the times will tell you that the contractions are getting closer and closer and closer. I think when you read a passage like Matthew chapter 24, the real question you should ask yourself is, where aren't those things happening? Where aren't they happening? Matthew 24 passages happening everywhere. And what I want to tell you today is don't get lulled to sleep spiritually. The end actually is near. And we're going to have to deal with the elephant in the room that Jesus is coming. And the question that is the elephant in your heart is, are you ready? You can only avoid that question so much. You can only dance around that issue so so many times before you're going to have to face it head on. Jesus is coming and the elephant inside your heart is, are you ready? Don't get caught in the trap of thinking that Jesus isn't going to come anytime soon because people have been talking about it for decades. People have been talking about it for generations. People have been talking about it for centuries. Don't get caught in the trap of thinking that Jesus isn't going to come back. I'm telling you, Jesus could come back at any moment. He could come back in the next few moments. Looking as we continue to read in 2 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, looking at verse 8 and 9 says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Never mistake God's stillness. God's quietness or God's patience with the fact that God is distant or disconnected. That would be a massive error on your part. If you think today that in your personal life God's been quiet, therefore God's distant or disconnected with you, that would be an error. Just as it would be to assume that just because Jesus hasn't come back yet, that God somehow has forgot His promise, that would be an error. There's only one reason why Jesus hasn't come back yet. You want to know what the one reason is? God loves people. That's it. That's the bottom line. You want to know why you get another minute to sit here right now and you get to breathe the oxygen on this planet that God created? It's because God loves people. That means every minute that goes by from this moment on is a grace minute for your life. Grace moment. You don't need it, you don't deserve it, but God's going to give it to you anyways. So if God's going to give you an extra minute of life, what are you going to live it for? If God's waiting to return because of His love for humanity, meaning that He wants man to know Him, He wants man to have relationship with Him, He wants man to be you know, in in a closeness with Him, if God's waiting for man to know Him, what should your mission be on this earth? Should your mission just be about you? Or should your mission be about His heart? Why are you here? Are you here just trying to suck up all the resources for yourself? Are you here to try to share the resources with others? Are you here today just to become a little bit fatter in Christianity? Are you here today to become a little bit more of a lean, mean fighting machine to get out there and let people know about God's love? See, what's your motive today? I'm going to tell you what God's motive is today. God's given you one more sermon to get lean and mean to get out there and tell people about Jesus. Not so that you get fat and happy. That's, that's why God's not sent His Son. Because He loves the world. He loves you. 
And He loves your family that doesn't know Him. And He loves people you'll never meet right now that don't know Him. He loves them enough that He's giving one more grace minute. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then your heart should be stirring with His heart, going, God, what can I do? How can I help? How can I help your mission be accomplished on this earth? Don't get lulled to sleep. Don't get lulled to sleep spiritually. Jesus is coming back. Well, if you're like me, I'm reading passages like this. I want to figure out what's coming next. So let's look at, at verse 10, right after what we were just reading. It says, But the day of the Lord will come like a what? Like a thief, right? The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. The rapture of Jesus, the rapture of the church that Jesus is is coming back for is going to come like a thief, the Bible says. What makes a thief really effective? Is it is it the fact that he knows how to pick the lock? Is it the fact he knows how to take a computer and shut down your surveillance system? Is it the fact that he knows how to break into your safe? I mean, what really makes a thief effective anyways? I'll tell you what makes a thief effective is this. You don't know he's coming. You didn't know he's coming. And all of a sudden, he showed up. And when he showed up, boom, that's what made him effective. Is you're like, oh, I always locked the door. I missed it. Man, we would normally have been home at that time. Yep, that's right. That's what makes him so effective because he comes at a moment that you don't know that he's coming. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 that no one knows No one knows the date. No one knows the moment. No one knows the minute or the hour when Jesus is going to come back. Not a scientist. There's not a scientist on this planet that can tell you when the end of the world is going to happen when Jesus is coming back. There's not a preacher on this planet, including Jeff Baker. There's not a theologian on this planet. There's not some doctor of ministry on this planet that can tell you somewhere in the Bible when the moment is that Jesus is coming back. And I don't care what their name is and what their accolades are behind their name. There's not a History Channel documentary that can figure out when Jesus is coming back, right? There's not a psychic or a world leader that can tell when Jesus is coming back. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, He didn't even know that it was in the heart of the Father. And when the heart of the Father reaches over and tells His Son, who sits at the right hand of the Father, the Bible tells us, and He says, go and get your church. That's when the moment will happen. That's when the moment that the grace minutes wrap up. The grace minutes wrap up at that hour. And Jesus comes back for His church. So look at what the Bible says about the rapture of the church. This moment when Jesus comes back. It says this in 1 Thessalonians. It says, For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died, will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. One of the things that I want to make sure that you know today, from our church and from my heart as your lead pastor, is the rapture is not some escape plan. Rapture isn't some free ticket off of a planet. It's not some free ticket out of a out of a lifestyle. It's not some free ticket. It's not an escape plan. Now, there's a lot of things that you've wanted to escape from in the past, like 
when you opened up your big mouth one time and you said something you know you shouldn't have ever said and you offended the person in the room and you wanted to try to get out of the room, you wanted to escape that situation. Okay, I got that. There's other moments when you wanted to escape, like when you were stuck in the middle of a long aisle at a movie in a packed house and the movie was just the worst movie you've ever seen in your life and you didn't know how to get up and get out. That was a moment that you wanted to escape. Or when you decided you would babysit the neighbor's kids to try to really be nice to them, but somewhere in the, in the, in the evening the neighbor's kids turn into the children of Satan, then you wanted to escape. There's moments when you've wanted to escape. The rapture isn't one of them. The rapture isn't an escape plan. The rapture isn't some easy way out of this earth for Christians. The rapture should be something that gives you hope. You should have hope. Hope should fill your heart. It should fill your heart because you should realize that this earth isn't where my life ends. This earth isn't where my hope is. This earth isn't where my riches are. It's not on this earth. It's, it's being stored up for God in heaven. That I'm living for something much bigger than what I'm living for right now. Your hope should come from things like that. Your hope doesn't come from what your bank account looks like on this earth. That's temporal. Your hope should come from some spiritual bank account that you're building that's eternal. Which bank account's bigger for you right now? And I'm not, I'm not anti, you know, being rich. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just going, if you could compare your bank accounts, which bank account A matters more to you? The, the earthly finances or, or a spiritual finance? Like earthly impact or eternal impact? Which one do you pay more attention to? Which one do you look at more often? I know the answer to that because I'm human. I look at my bank account more. I'm not saying anything that I shouldn't say to myself. I care more about my earthly riches than I care many times about my eternal riches. Yeah. You're like, well, dude, you're my pastor. What's your problem? You don't have to do anything else but care about those things. Yeah, but I'm human. I know what it means to live on this earth. I know that we all get sidetracked. I know that we all get distracted. And what we're trying to do today is expose the elephant in the room and put the urgency back into our Christianity again. And go, you know what? We need to care a lot at this church about the eternal destiny of people. Care a lot about where people are going to spend eternity. Because everything on this earth is going to be destroyed. It's going to disappear. It's going to go away. That's why the rapture brings hope. That's why heaven brings so much hope. So don't fall into the prey. Don't fall to the prey of this world. Don't fall into a spot where you get eaten up by just the the busyness and the, the fullness of what it means to try to live for this world. Because this isn't the world you're living for. You're living for you're living for eternity with God. Don't allow yourself to get lulled asleep. There's an urgency of the moment right now. Jesus is coming back. And He's wanting you and me to stay alert. Stay alert. He's going to come like a thief in the night. He's going to come like that thief. Are you ready? The other thing about the rapture giving you hope is that when it gives you hope, it should change the way you live. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11 says, Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. 
Heaven awaits for those who are living holy and godly lives. Heaven, heaven is a place that is full of people that aren't perfect. Heaven is a place that's full of people that were striving to live holy and godly lives. They were striving to put Christ first in their life. Jesus was their, was their Lord and their leader on this earth. Therefore, when he comes for his church, he goes, you're mine. And when it comes to heaven, those are the folks that populate heaven, are the ones who said, I want to live holy. I want to live a godly life. And what we're doing is we're looking forward to the day of God. That scripture said, there's the day of God that's coming. What is the day of God? The day of God is when you and me will stand before God face to face and we will worship Him. That's the day of God. That's why the rapture should give you so much hope. Because there's a day coming when you're going to stand before God face to face and you're going to worship Him. And I don't think it's going to be some worship team coming up, striking up the band, playing some song with 6D screens. They're larger than you've ever seen before with words on it. I don't think that's the way it's going to go down. I think that moment of worship when you stand face to face with the king is going to look more like awe and wonder, a quietness, just this overwhelming sensation of purity and holiness and righteousness and power and majesty as the king is on the throne. And then slowly but surely, the chanting of saints rises up. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, and in all different languages, Jesus! And then maybe a song. It's going to be an overwhelming moment. That's why, that's why you, you shouldn't dread the fact that Jesus is coming. You should look forward to it with hope. Because you'll be in a place where Jesus is the king. That's where real peace will happen. You'll be in a place where Jesus brings real safety where there's real prosperity, where there's real justice. That's heaven. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is a place where Jesus is coming and He's going, I want to spend eternity with me in heaven. But to do that, you have to be someone who's looking forward to the rapture of the church, of, of, of the church with hope. Look forward to it with hope. Let your heart be fully devoted to Christ. You don't get a skip over one thing. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back for His church. So in light of the fact that the rapture is going to happen and heaven is real, how should you live your life? Second Peter chapter 3. How should you be living your life? There's a few things that I want to draw your attention to. First, don't get caught up in man's predictions of when Jesus is going to come back. They're all going to be wrong. Okay? That's number one. I don't care who it is, what their name is, don't get caught up in that kind of stuff. That's going to sidetrack you. It gets you more focused on yourself than you getting focused on others. So don't get caught up in that. Which, by the way, let's just say, let's say that I could tell you for certain, okay, follow me on this, I could tell you for certain that one week from today, Jesus is coming back. Let's just say that we all knew that, we all knew that was fact. This is a hypothetical moment, okay? But let's just say that that was the truth. Jesus is for sure coming back next Sunday morning while we're sitting here. Are you going to live your life differently this next week than what you have been living? Because if you are, then you should change the way you're living. If I could tell you that Jesus was coming back tomorrow and you're like, oh, man, I got, I got things I got to go do. Then go do them now. 
You don't know. Every minute you have beyond this moment is a grace minute. Jesus could come back at any moment. You don't know. So if you would change your life, then change it now. Don't wait. Don't try to wait for as if like all the earth is going to fall apart and you're going to be at the brink of the moment and it's like everyone gets their last breath and you're going to go, Jesus, I give my life to you. Because you don't know when that moment's coming. The Bible says Jesus comes like a thief in the moment, like the flash of lightning. Ba-boom! It happens so quick. If you think you're going to wait for a moment to make a decision to follow Christ, you're going to be highly mistaken. So if you would change the way you're living, change the way you're living today. Don't keep going that direction. Second thing I want, I want you to keep in mind is I want you to see the rapture for what it really is. The rapture really, for you as a Christ follower, if that's who you are today, um, the rapture for you is really your last moment to share Jesus. That's the reality of the rapture. There is no evangelism plan in heaven. You don't go to evangelism classes in heaven so that you can learn how to share your faith with other people that are in heaven. You only get this moment to share your faith with people. So if you're here today and you've committed your life to Christ and Jesus is your Lord and your leader, then you need to know what's the reality of the rapture? The reality is that's your last day to share Jesus with people. So what does that mean? Be, get busy about filling up this place. That's what it means. Get busy about filling up the kingdom. Get busy about inviting your friends. Get busy about sharing the urgency of the moment that no one knows the day, the hour. But I know this, we're living in a grace minute. Share Jesus with your friends and bring them so they can hear the good news of Jesus. Share Jesus with your friends and lead them. Lead them to the Lord. Help them understand what a relationship with Jesus looks like before you ever bring them into this place. But use this place. Use this preaching. Use this body of believers as an arsenal, as a tool to help lead your friends to Jesus. That's the reality of the rapture for the believer. The third thing I want, I want you to keep in mind concerning this message today is that Jesus taught us to pray that God's kingdom would come. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 6. He says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now I know... Jesus was referring to God's kingdom coming in your heart. That's what he was really pointing at. Pray to the Lord when you pray, God, let your kingdom, let your, you're the king, would you come and be my king? That's number one. Secondly, God, may the principles that, that you've established, may they come and rule in me, set up your kingdom in my heart. I got it. But this is also very plainly and clearly pointing to, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God, may you come. May you come. I want you to be my king forever. May you come. Pray that. Let that stir inside of your heart because I guarantee you, if you pray that way, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get more and more hungry for your friends to know Jesus. That's what you're going to do. You're going to be hungry for your friends to know Jesus if you're praying, God, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lastly is this. Start worshiping God with great passion. Start worshiping God with an intensity in your heart that this goes, God, you are my king today and you're going to be my king forever. See, if you're a Christ follower today, if you've given your life to Jesus, here's the beauty of where you're at. Eternity for you is already started. You don't have to wait for some rapture of the church or heaven for eternity with God to start. Your eternity with Him's already started because is He your leader and your Lord or is He not? Because if He is, He will always be. Eternity for you has already started. Maximize it. 
Worship God today as our worship team leads us in a minute. Worship Him with passion. I mean, I'm just talking, worship Him like you would if you were standing before Him in heaven. You are King because He is King. That gives you hope. (laughs) That shouldn't fear you. That shouldn't scare you. It should give you hope going, you are my King. And I get to worship you today. And I get to worship you forever. Man, worship Him with that kind of passion. So today, the big question for you is this. Jesus could come back at any minute. We're living in grace minutes right now. Are you ready for Jesus to return? That's the big question. Are you ready today for Jesus to return? If you're not, my simple plea to you is this. You have the opportunity to walk out of these doors today knowing that God is my Lord, God is my leader, that I've surrendered my life to Jesus. I told you earlier, heaven's not going to be populated with perfect people. Heaven's going to be populated with people that are striving to be righteous and to live godly. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Because I'm telling you, just like the video that we watched earlier, Jesus could come back at any minute. Don't believe lies like, well, my sin is too big for God to forgive. No, that's not true. We just read a, we just read a scripture here today that said that God would, desires that none would perish. If God desires that none would perish, that means God has grace to forgive all sin. And He has the ability to forgive every sinner. So, you haven't sinned so great that you've walked your way out of God's kingdom. You need to know that today. You need to hear that today. You need to invite... God to come into your life and to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Set me free. Set me free. I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for you. I want you to be my Lord and I want you to be my leader. And if you are a Christ follower in this place, then your simple response should be this. If I asked you that question earlier today, if Jesus was coming back tomorrow or next week, what would you change? And you came up with a couple of things then you bring those before God right now and you say, God, change my heart. Change my heart. So today, in just a minute, our worship teams are going to come and I'm going to invite you to worship with us. I'm going to invite you to come to altars just like this. These altars are in the front of our auditoriums. These altars are for the hungry. They're for people that are going, God, I want my life to be ready to meet you. God, I want my life to be eagerly um, uh, involved in your mission, which is every minute that goes by is a grace minute. And I want my life to be involved with sharing the truth of Jesus with others. I want my church to be full of people that know God. I want my family to be a family that knows God. I want my neighborhood to be a neighborhood that knows God. I want my workplace to be a place that knows God. God, use me. Use me. Let these altars be full of people that are going, let there be an urgency in my heart, God, to walk and step with you. Don't let me get, you know, don't don't let me be lulled into a sleep. Let me have an urgency to follow you. So why don't you stand with me? And let's pray. Right now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, I want to just simply ask a question to those that to those that are listening right now if you would say today my life is not where it needs to be i know my life needs to be ready to meet jesus that whether you're in this venue or in one of our other venues i want you just to simply do something that's bold i want you to raise your hand if you're going i know 
my life needs to be ready to meet Jesus, and it's not right now. I, I need my life to be ready to meet Jesus, Pastor. That's what I need. And in all of our venues, I want our campus pastors watching because I want you to be able to pray with people. I want my life to be ready. That's right. I want my life ready. It's that easy. Just put your hand up. I want my life to be ready. And what you're doing is you're just saying to God, I want my life to be ready, God. And as I pray in just a minute with your hand raised, I want you just to cry out to God and ask God to come into your life, to transform you, and and that God would cleanse you, that you would be ready to meet Jesus if He came back in the next minute. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, hands are raised. People are going, I want my life to be ready to meet Jesus. Lord, I want you to, I know that you hear those prayers. God, I ask you to meet with those folks right now. Remind them of how much you love them, how much you care about them, how much you're for them, and that you're not against them. That their hand raised is a hand raised of boldness in a crowded room. A hand raised going, my life's not ready, but I want it to be. Well, that's humble. That's a humble thing to do. And today you hear that prayer. You see that act of surrender. Meet them where they're at, God. May there be an assurance in their heart that they would know Jesus is their Lord and leader. And may they become and be an active participant in your mission, which is you give moments of grace so that the world might know your God. Your compassion overwhelms us. Your compassion floods out upon our earth, God, because you desire for man to know you to be in relationship with you. May this church be a part of you, be actively engaged in your mission. May our church be actively engaged in reaching people for Jesus. May our auditoriums be full of people hungry to know who Jesus is. Lord, thank you for that. Now may you stir an incredible heart of passion in our worship as we sing to you, as we proclaim your name. God, may we come as hungry people going, God, use my life. Here's my life, God. Use it. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name.